Alrighty, we're back. Final on Chrome. I'm Dylan Stone. Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm proud to announce that I have finally completed the first item on my bucket list. Yep, I got the bucket. Okay, now we're going to feature some instrumentals in this segment of the show. I just thought it was time for some really, really good instrumentals, but I'm going to start off with one that you may not have heard. Ironically, I hadn't either, but it's really interesting. The group's called The Electric Indian. Now, it was around 1969, there was a group of studio musicians put together by Len Barry, singer and co-owner of Marmaduke Records. This was a Marmaduke release that became an unexpected hit. So United Artists picked it up, and an LP was also released. Now, I can't verify this, but rumor has it that a very young Daryl Hull, later of Hull & Oates, plays the keyboard on this track. Be an interesting thing if it did. Here is Electric Indian. This is called Kimosabi. Final on Chrome. hard enough to stay ahead of the bills when things are going well, but unexpected events and costs can quickly change your situation. The bills just pile up, and it's hard to see clearly. Allen Marshall and Associates are regulated by the federal government and can work with you and your creditors to make things manageable. There is no cost for a consultation, and you may feel much better simply knowing your options. Every situation is different. Contact us today at wecanhelp.ca. Now, the Safaris were a band of teenagers with less than enough pocket money to record their work. The group gathered money from their parents while scouting out a place to carry out their rehearsals and came across Dale Smolin, owner of a small studio in Cucamonga, Florida. Smolin later became the Safaris' manager. At Samlin's studio, they recorded a song called Surfer Joe. When the engineer reminded the group that it takes two songs to make a single, the Safaris recorded Wipeout, which they considered to be a throwaway B-side. 
They certainly didn't consider themselves an instrumental band. Small impressed 100 copies of the single, which are actually a rare collector's item today, and it's actually about 10 seconds longer than the commercially released version. He released the song on his DFS record label and also allowed the Princess label to put the song out as well. One of the Princess copies made its way to Dot Records, a major label which produced the master tapes and edited off 10 seconds at the end of the song and released the single with Wipeout as the A-side and Surfer Joe as the flip side. In this release, Wipeout became a huge hit and a surfer classic. You never know, do you? Here at the Safaris from 1963, this is called Wipeout, vinyl on chrome. Right, this next group's founding duo, Bob Bogle and Don Wilson, chose this instrumental track after being asked to perform it in concert half a dozen times each night. The second single was called Cookies and Coke, backed with the real McCoy. But Johnny Smith wrote this and was the first to record it. By the way, Chet Atkins also had a crack at it, in case you didn't know that. But this got a push in the Ventures native Seattle when a local DJ used it to lead into the newscast every night. In 1964, the Ventures released an updated version called Walk Don't Run 64, which also made the top 10 in the U.S. In addition to their 1960 and 64 versions, the Ventures recorded completely new versions of the song in 68, 77, 86, and 2000. In case you haven't heard them, Walk Don't Run 77 is a disco track. 
The 86 one is sort of a heavy metal version, and the one in 2000 has a sax player in it. I, I don't understand it, but there it is. But here's the original. Here's the Ventures. This is called Walk Don't Run. Vinyl on chrome. This next one was a surf rock group called the Chantays, and it's their only charting billboard hit. However, it is considered today to be one of the staples of the surf rock genre. It was actually the B-side of a single too. The A-side was called Move It, and it never charted. The title Pipeline, by the way, refers to a term in surfing jargon, in which the wave closes over your head while you ride it horizontally, so it looks like you're in a rolling pipe made of water, until it collapses, that is. This maneuver is also sometimes called shooting the tube. Now, Dickie Dale, who earned the title of King of the Surf Guitar, recorded a version of Pipeline with Stevie Ray Vaughan in 1987 for the movie Back to the Beach. But I still prefer originals. That's me. Here's the Chantays. This is called Pipeline. Vinyl on chrome. Thank you. 
Scott, Marketing and Media Manager for Superlative Studios. Are you a business owner looking to reach local, national, or even international customers? If so, consider sponsoring Vinyl on Chrome. Radio advertising is one of the most successful forms of advertising for reaching customers. Contact me today at 506-608-2456 or at superlativeradio at gmail.com or via our website, superlativestudios.net to see how we can help you achieve your goals. All right, so songwriters Bobby Scott and Rick Marlowe wrote this song as a theme to a play by Shillelagh Delaney that was made into a movie in 1961. The instrumental version was recorded by piano player Martin Denny and won a Grammy for Best Instrumental Theme. But in 1966, Herb Alpert received Grammys for his version in three different categories. It's a great version. Here's Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass. This is called A Taste of Honey, Vinyl on Chrome. Okay, so now tequila is an alcoholic beverage named after a town in Mexico. It's a key ingredient in margaritas and is often done as a shot by licking salt, taking the drink, and then sucking on a lemon wedge. Many bars turn this into a song production, often offering shots of tequila directly from the bottle. This was originally released as the B-side of an aptly named song by the Champs called Train to Nowhere back in December of 1957. Disc jockeys flipped the single and played tequila instead and then in March of 58, it went to number one in America, where it stayed for five weeks, making the song the biggest hit of the 1950s. 
It's a great song. In fact, the version I like the best, other than the Champs, obviously, is the one done by Xavier Cougat, if you get the chance to listen to that one. It's a really good version. But right now, here's the Champs. This is Tequila, final on Chrome. <laughs> 